This episode is brought to you by Catan. This summer looks a bit different than most summers. We're staying at home for the most part, and we're finding ourselves looking for new activities to enjoy at home. Catan is a board game for three to four players, ages 10 and up, although younger kids can play with adult guidance. It is a great way to keep families engaged in off screens, even if it's just for a little while. And those opportunities are hard to come by. And it's really easy to pick up. Get Catan at CatanShop.com slash mom. Listeners of our podcast get 10% off the original base game Catan by using the promo code mom at checkout. Offer not good on other Catan titles or merchandise. Xfinity XFi is more than just fast. It's internet that gives you peace of mind security. Because if it's connected, it's protected. Yeah, even your robot vacuum. Can your internet do that? Learn more at Xfinity.com slash XFi. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is Molly. And I'm Kristen. Kristen, it has been a long, hard winter. I know. All over these United States. Oof. But now we're almost to March. Maybe March by the time folks out there hear this. And I hope that spring has sprung. I hope so, too. Last weekend, we had some gorgeous springy weather, and it was fabulous. Yes. We're all ready to go back outside and for there to be no snow. Yes. But you know what? What? Whether it's snowing or not, we're going to need some sunscreen. We are going to need some sunscreen. And Kristen, if I had known you were going to sing that way, I would have written a whole SPF song for people to sing in their head. Because here's the thing. You're going to the grocery store or the superstore or the gas station to buy some sunscreen. It's overwhelming. Lots of varieties. There's so many varieties. There's so many brands. There's so many things to pick from, and it would be really helpful if there was a sunscreen song to remind you what to look for. The first thing I usually look at in a sunscreen, I think this is probably true for everybody, the old SPF, which stands for Sun Protection Factor, which was introduced in 1962 to measure a sunscreen's effect against UVB rays. Mm-hmm. Now, UVB is what causes sunburn. Yes. And UVA is more damaging long-term to the skin. Yeah, so basically to determine a sunscreen's SPF, the testers round up 20 sun-sensitive people, like myself, I burn like a crisp, and measure the amount of UV rays it takes for them to burn without sunscreen, and then they redo the test with sunscreen. This sounds like a terrible test to volunteer for. I would not want to be in this test. Um, The with sunscreen number is then divided by the without sunscreen number, and the result is rounded down to the nearest five, and then you have the SPF. Um, but one thing about SPF numbers we need to warn you guys against, just because you're getting a 70 doesn't mean you have some kind of astronomical SPF protection as compared to, say, a 30. Isn't that right, Molly? That's right. In fact, the FDA wanted to say that all sunscreens should just be capped at 30 because the benefits you would get from something like 70 were not exponentially better. I mean, it's not like, you know... 35 times 2 is 70, so it's not like 70 is twice as good as SPF 35. Yeah, for instance, an SPF of 15 is going to absorb 93.3% of the UVB rays. An SPF of 30, 96.7. SPF of 50, it's only 98%. I mean, that's like a 2.7% increase, if my math is correct. 
And I cannot verify that it is at this point. But let's go back to this formula, because I think that people shouldn't just say, okay, it takes me 15 minutes to burn, so, you know, this is what I'm going to put on. Yeah. That formula, minutes to burn without sunscreen times SPF number is the maximum sun exposure time you can get. And that, remember, and that's without getting in and out of water. Don't even go there yet, Kristen. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> this is just sitting in the sun with nothing affecting you at all. You're in a bubble, a sun bubble. Sounds Which glorious. is strange. But what you need to know is that when they do those awful tests on those sun sensitive people, they use a lot more sunscreen than any of us probably do in our real life. Yeah. In the bubble. Yeah. So that's why you can't just say, okay, X number of minutes times this SPF I'm putting on gives me two hours of uninterrupted sunscreen reapplying time mm-hmm. because you're probably using less sunscreen. Yeah. And you should you should be reapplying very often. Yes, you should reapply very often. And in addition, you should also protect yourself from those UVA rays that can cause the long-term skin damage in addition to the UVB rays. And for that, you're going to look for something called broad-spectrum sunscreens. And that broad-spectrum basically just means it protects from UVA and B rays. Tell me more, Kristen. Well, Molly, uh, this also comes down, this broad-spectrum type of sunscreen also brings us to little fork in the sunscreen road. On the one path, we have something called physical sunscreens. And then on the other fork, we have chemical sunscreens. And to go back to our song, this would be a whole other verse is what you're telling me? This is verse number two. Chemical sunscreens basically absorb sunlight's harmful ultraviolet rays, while physical sunblock sunscreens, aka sunblocks, will actually reflect them. All right. And physical sunscreens, usually contain ingredients like titanium dioxide and zinc oxide. And these are going to be a good choice if you have sensitive skin Mm -hmm. and are uh, prone to reactions when you put on sunscreens because chemical sunscreens, which will can absorb UVA or UVB rays, will contain ingredients such as avobenzone and benzophenone, which tend to irritate the skin a tad more if you have sensitive skin. So if your skin can take it, you probably want a chemical one. Yeah, because I think a lot of times those broad-spectrum sunscreens will be the chemical sunscreens. So that will provide you with the best protection from all UV rays. Yeah, however, there is no current uh, rating system for UVA protection like the SPF, mm-hmm. but, you know, just just go for the broad-spectrum. Get yourself okay. a nice 30 SPF broad-spectrum. You should be good. You should be singing that, Kristen. You should be. We're doing a song. All right. Third verse, you go out of the bubble, the protective bubble. Protective bubble. You're going to go swimming. You're going to play a game of volleyball. Ooh. You're going to sweat. You're getting sweaty. Yeah. I see all these sunscreens that say waterproof, sweatproof. And why I found out, it's just crap. They are lying to you. There's no such thing as a 100% water or sweatproof sunscreen. I hate being lied to. But water-resistant indicates that the product can handle up to 40 minutes of exposure to water or sweat and still be effective. Now, if you find one that's very water-resistant, which I don't think I've ever seen a sunscreen saying very water-resistant, but if you do find one, uh, that means it can handle up to 80 minutes of water exposure. But remember, again, we all tend to put on less sunscreen than people do in the tests. Yeah. All right, next question I have, Kristen. Sometimes I see the sunscreens, one's for body and one's for face. 
Am I just trying to be sucker punched into buying two different sunscreens? Probably, Molly. Should I? Tell me. Well, when if you want to apply sunscreen to your face, and you definitely should apply sunscreen to your face. Of course. A lot of moisturizers will actually have like a light, a light sunscreen in them. But not enough. As well, but not enough to protect that delicate facial skin. If you're worried about breakup, breakouts and breakups, <laughs> uh, if you're worried about breakouts from sunscreen on your face, look for those that say non-comedogenic. Okay. And that basically, that's just fancy talk, Molly, for won't make your, it won't clog your pores. Okay. So you think that if you do have, if you are prone to breakouts, two sunscreens might actually be a good idea. Yeah, but there there are plenty of full body sunscreens which will be non-comedogenic, or it might also say non-acnegenic. They both mean the same thing. Not going to clog your pores. And if you're looking for a facial sunscreen, or if you just have sensitive skin in general, check to see if it's oil free, water based, and also free of scent, dye, or preservatives. Just basically keep your sunscreen as simple as possible is what what this is all saying. For your face. For your face, yeah. Because, you know, we just did tell people that chemical sunscreen had a broader spectrum. Yes. So that's why it gets confusing. It does get confusing. So basically you would want two sunscreens. One for your face that's good for your face with that long list of things that Kristen just said. Mm -hmm. And then one, if your skin can handle it, that's a little bit more amped up to protect your skin. Yeah. But don't sacrifice SPF for your face. Oh, no. I wasn't suggesting that at all, Kristen. Now, one place that you want some sunscreen as well that you might not think about are your lips. That's right. You can't kiss with sunburnt lips. <laughs> That's true. Um, and sun- which, is, which is the name of this song that we're writing, by the okay, way. Okay, okay. It's uh, a country song. And some dermatologists actually say that if you just wear lip gloss, it actually magnifies the effect of the sun. So unless you want prematurely aged lips, thanks to sun damage, or a condition called actinic chelitis or lip inflammation, go ahead and protect those lips from the sun. Some SPF balm. A little bit of SPF balm. That's right. So Kristen, about a year ago, I wrote an article of the five most commonly missed spots on the human body where we don't put sunscreen. I think I saw that on HowStuffWorks.com, Molly. Now, lips probably should have been on the list. They they probably came in at number six, so okay. they didn't make my list. All right. But I'm going to tell you what they are because, you know, even though I think we've just confused ourselves more, we've, we've probably bought the sunscreen by this point. Yeah, we've got some 30 SPF. Yes. And we've got one for our face and one for our body. Now it's time to put it on. Okay. You can't overlook your scalp. Which probably means that we need to go back to the store to get uh, specially made athlete formulas of sunscreen. Because they make these sprays, so you don't have to like put lotion in your head. Uh-huh. Or you could wear a hat. And speaking from someone who has burned her scalp on more than one occasion, it is unpleasant, if only because uh, when that sunburn starts to heal and your skin starts to flake off, it looks like you got a nasty case of dandruff. Right. So put some sunscreen there. Ears. Ooh, tops of ears. Tops of ears. Do not overlook ears. Hands. Hands. You think that you're probably good because you've got it in the palm of your hands to distribute it all over mm-hmm. your body. Make sure you put it on the tops of your hands. Ah. And if you're gardening and you've got gloves on and then you take your gloves off, burns. Fun mom fact. My mom puts on sunscreen every time she drives on a sunny day. That's great On advice. her hands. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Thanks, mom. She would not have made this list. Number two, feet, tops of feet. Ooh, I've done that too. It hurts. A kayak trip. Bad news. You ready for number one? Yes. I think I put this as number one because it has happened to me so many times. 
behind the knees. Ooh, yeah. Because you might be sitting down when you apply and you don't get in that little crevice. Mm-hmm. And then you flip over while you're, while you're sunning. Mm-hmm. Burns. Burns. And it hurts to sit down. All right. So basically we just need like any, any possible spot of dermis on our skin. Must be covered. Must be covered. SPF 30. Yes. Now, pop quiz, Kristen. Okay. You're outside and you're putting on your sunscreen. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with this picture? I'm already exposed to the sun, Molly. I think you're referring to one of the most important tips, which is applying your sunscreen 15 to 20 minutes before you're even out in the sun. Because it won't work unless it's absorbed into your skin. Yeah. Now, you went swimming. We know there's no such thing as a waterproof, completely waterproof sunscreen. How often do you reapply? I know you wrote about this for a blog, for our blog how-to stuff on HowStuffWorks.com. Well, Molly, of course I know the answer to that. That question. Two hours. Every two hours you need to reapply unless you've been in water. Then just go ahead and do it. In which case, yeah, once you towel off, reapply. Okay. Last last pop quiz question for you. Okay. This is fun. It's like a quiz bowl. How often do you throw away your sunscreen? Well, if these, according to consumer reports, if the sunscreen has an expiration date, pay attention to it because if it expires, it might have lost its sunblock potential. But if not, the knee jerk throwaway time is, Molly, I can't remember. I gotta be honest with you. Every two years. Every two years. Two hours, two years. Okay, that's easy to remember. Yeah. And every time you get, uh, the bottle, make sure if it doesn't have the expiration date that Kristen was talking about, take a marker right when you bought it on there. Great idea. Great idea. Man, we're going to be so protected from the sun this year, Molly. I just can't wait till we write our song and make a fortune. Yes. And we would love your help with the lyrics. So if you've got ideas for our sunblock song. What's the name of it? What's the title again? You Can't Kiss with Sunburnt Lips. Oh, that's good. That's, that is solid gold. So Nashville send, gold. Send us your ideas for our song and maybe we'll sing a potential song on Mom Stuff. And people, protect your skin. From the sun, you know, because it, a tan might look good this summer, but in about 10 summers, you're going to start to see some wrinkles, if and not sooner. Advice from Kristen. Yeah. If you want to work that into the song, that's fine, too. Well, guys, if you want to send us an email, like Molly said, momstuff at howstuffworks.com. And speaking of which, I'm holding in my hand one of those said emails from Jackie. And this is in response to our podcast on burkas. She said, I'm currently listening to your podcast about burkas, and the thought occurred to me that if, as Nicholas Sarkozy thinks, women should not be fully covered, then technically we women in the North should be left to freeze instead of wearing our long winter coats, hats, scarves, and gloves that cover and protect every area but our eyes. It's not a perfect simile, I know, but essentially, co- the, but essentially the idea remains the same. Sometimes the full body covering is not just religious, but also practical. Full coverings, which include but are not limited to burkas, can protect our bodies from the elements. Eskimos, both men and women, wear clothes that cover their whole bodies except their faces to protect from the cold. At night in the desert countries, it is practical to wear a garment like a burqa to protect from the cold desert night. And like Kristen said, having a burqa on a morning where you just don't have time to shower would be useful. So thanks, Jackie. Okay, I have an email from Regina who wrote about the gender parenting podcast. She writes, The argument that same-sex or single parents will not raise a well-adjusted child gets to me for many reasons which you covered, but for another reason. The people who tout this argument assume that it's just the parent and the child. 
I don't know about you, but I was raised by my parents, my grandparents, aunts and uncles, and my parents' friends. My values and resources were vast. I had people I could turn to. I hate the assumption that it's just the parents and the child because it almost never is. I am now of an age where my friends are having children and I, a single woman, am just as much a part of my friends' children's lives as my parents' friends were of mine. I would not hesitate should any of these children come to me for help or with questions. Also, I know gay and lesbian parents who make a point to include other gender roles into their children's lives. These kids are doing just fine. Besides, what we all forget is that kids don't see these differences. They just know who cares for them and that's what they rely on. Another argument that gets me is the one that children will emulate their gay parents. By this argument, I shouldn't know how to have a good relationship because I will emulate the fighting and unhealthy relationships my parents showed me. I've had very healthy relationships, and I'm sure most of the kids being raised by gay parents will grow up to be straight. So there we go. All right, folks. Thanks for writing in to all of you, and we love to hear from you guys. So, again, send us your thoughts, momstuff at howstuffworks.com. Check out our blog while you're at it. It's How To Stuff, and you can find our blog and a ton, I mean a ton of articles on sunskin care. True. At howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Want more How Stuff Works? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Hi, I'm Allie Wentworth. How do I grow a teenager in a pandemic? Well, that's exactly what I want to find out. In my new podcast, Go Ask Allie, I'm asking experts to help me answer that question. For example, are quarantine teenage girls more apt to Instagram nude photos? Are they somehow going to end up on the dark web? Are teenagers getting ripped off by their new virtual education? And how do we deal with their overwhelming anxiety and uncertainty? And are they losing empathy? I'll be talking to experts and friends like my friend Brooke Shields. She'll reveal how her complicated sexual upbringing has influenced how she is as a mother to teenage girls. It's a new world. And how we raise these young humans in it determine our future. So let's share some real experiences with all new episodes releasing every other Thursday. Listen to Go Ask Allie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. In this time of pandemic and revolution, do you find yourself frustrated at high levels of corruption and inequality? At our inability to get basic things done? At the persistence of systemic racism? You're not alone. I'm Baratunde Thurston, author, activist, and comedian. Our democratic experiment is at a tipping point, but which way we tip is up to us. Listen to How to Citizen with Baratunde on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.